LinkedIn presents. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Jack Milner about his book, Virtual Presentation Mastery, Tips from the Coach to Some of the World's Best Speakers. Jack Milner, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you, John, and thanks for inviting me along. It is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from the UK. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah in the United States. And today we're going to be talking about your book, Virtual Presentation Mastery, Tips from the Coach to Some of the World's Best Speakers. I love the title. It's super important. We're doing more and more virtual work, virtual collaborations, virtual interactions, virtual speaking, uh, we need to, just like in any sort of in-person organizational communication, it's very, very important that we learn how to be effective in terms of our oral presentation skills. Now we're in this world where more than ever, we're doing more and more virtual collaborative work. Uh, we need to continue to make sure that we're keeping in mind how to do that effectively. So that's what we're going to be unpacking together today. As we get started, I wanted to share Jack's bio with everybody. Jack Milner is an award-winning communication coach. He has trained the world's best-selling professional speakers and provides organizations with the tools to influence, persuade, and engage, whether through storytelling, presenting, or communicating within teams. His celebrated master classes help organizations take dry, often technical information and render it clear, memorable, and engaging. Uh, I could go on, Jack, but anything else you would like to share with the audience by way of your background or personal context before we dive on in? Nothing in particular apart from that my background is in is in comedy. And so mm-hmm. how I got into my work was really by accident as much as anything. So I was uh, running workshops in comedy and performing comedy. And uh, then a venue said, actually, Jack, Rather than improvisation comedy, what would really sell would be stand-up, mm-hmm. workshops, stand-up. And at the time, I said, well, I don't think you can teach stand-up. You know, you're either funny or you're not sort of thing. And then they said, well, we'll pay you twice as much as normal. <laughs> and I said, well, clearly you, clearly you can teach stand-up. And, and I found that actually I could really by doing three things, which was help people take away the stuff that gets in the way, give them some tools and techniques, to improve and then make sure it was fun. And that led me from that 
led me into business organizations seeing these workshops and going, oh, we'd like a bit of that. We don't want to be stand-ups, but we'd like a bit of that magic. We'd like a bit of that ability to be agile, think on your feet, be human uh, for our leaders, for instance. And so that's how I got started. And in the virtual world, the virtual world was really uh, working with uh, two organizations over here. Um, well, actually, one of them is uh, US-based, which is Cisco, Cisco WebEx and Virgin Media. And we're looking there was it was these were relatively early days of WebExing, uh, pre-Zoom, and it was okay. We've got some great training on the technical side of things, but what about the human bit? And so that's how I started working working in this virtual world was really trying to get across the the human bit. And as as you was. Um, introducing me there I was thinking about you know what's changed in the last three or four years because you know we all went and we all went suddenly it was like oh my god we've got to go we've got to go virtual uh and some people have done a bit before but lots of people hadn't done anything and I think we've lots of people have got to a stage now where they're okay with it you know they'll go yeah I do it every day several times a day you know what I sort of I can handle it. So that's fear, fear has gone to a large degree. But the thing that's changed is is now how do we get the human, how do we get the passion, how do we get the 3D wonderful you across on the screen? And uh and so I guess some of that stand-up, you know. Last thing I want to do is turn people into, into a group of stand-ups. But that thing of being in the moment, pulling down the barriers between you and the audience, I think is even more important. And I realise I'm going on a bit now. Uh, and it's no, supposed it's, to be a conversation, not, not, a, not a Jack monologue. Um, no, it's it's great. And I, I think, you know, I, I do want to talk more about your your path, you know, from from comedy stand-up and, and coaching stand-up and, and teaching stand-up to to the corporate and doing face-to-face uh, training for, you know, how to do effective presentations moving into virtual. I think all of that's super interesting and and what we all need to be paying close attention to. Uh, I also just want to highlight something you were just saying, uh, double down on that for just a minute. Uh, and that is how important it is for us to just learn how to be present with the people we're interacting with. Um, you know, I'm not a comedian. I'm, I'm the farthest thing from a comedian. I'm never going to do stand up. Uh, I'm, you know, probably not the most effective speaker in the world either. Uh, but you know, one thing I've tried to do over time is just learn how to be present with people so that I can be adaptive and flexible. And and like you said, agile in the moment, uh, it's good to be prepared. And I think comedy, for example, comedians spend a ton of time in preparation. It's not like they just stand up and then all of a sudden things magically come to them. Like, you know, I, I think of Jerry Seinfeld and I, I don't remember all the details, but I remember once hearing him talk about, you know, how much time and preparation goes into him really fine tuning uh, a comedy routine. Uh, and even when he's doing uh, more improvisation, you know, how much has gone into that? It's it's thousands of hours, like it, it, it's practicing over and over and over again. And so we're not saying that you don't prepare, 
but yeah, we yeah. all know the diff we all know the difference when you're sitting in a meeting and someone's like reading from a notebook or you know something like that versus when someone is present with you making eye contact uh they're reading the room they're understanding the flow of energy in the room they're they they have you know stuff they want to cover but they're also aware enough to recognize when maybe they need to diverge a little bit, focus on something else for a while. Uh, all of those sorts of things are really important. It's something I hope, you know, most good teachers learn how to do when they're working, you know, uh, in a classroom, whether it's young children all the way up through college level um, students, uh, or again, whether we're in a in an organizational setting where we're working, you know, with executives, we just need to learn how to be in the moment uh, and that's a scary thing for a lot of people, a lot, especially a lot of younger professionals who are just starting out. You might have imposter syndrome. You're worried about saying the wrong thing. You want to be really scripted to make sure that you're saying the right thing. And you're inadvertently undermining yourself <laughs> uh, because it becomes so sterile. It becomes so robotic and, and people aren't able to connect with you in a meaningful way. No, absolutely, absolutely that. And in in the business world, we have so many barriers already in the way of us communicating as as human beings. So, for instance, you'll have your corporate jargon that creates distance, a way of speaking that isn't as you would speak in everyday life. And sometimes people go, actually, you know what? I want to create a bit of distance between me. I want that what for whatever reason. I want to be seen as a master of the universe. But by and large, it, it gets in the way. And I think, John, you put across a, a great point there about being present, but also not just reading stuff out. And that I see a lot of that. So for people listening, and, I, and we'll, you know, you'll have a mixed audience there between those who are more experienced and those who are less experienced. But if you are somebody who is inclined to read out your presentations because you can do this in virtual you know i can have all my notes here up on the screen and no one knows like ha i've solved the problem i have control and actually uh what you've done is you've you've taken away one of the most important parts of communication which is explain not present actually word presented gets in the way it's what we're trying to do is explain and have a conversation and so anyone listening who's going yeah all very well for you to do jack you've probably been doing it for years and years and years etc and you also you don't have my job and my boss so good for you is is do it it will work so much better for you is do it in baby steps yeah yeah so look for those low risk meetings where Actually, you're with your team and they're supporting. So build your confidence because that's your best way of presenting, best way of communicating is in the moment, is being present. Uh, and then in those bigger presentations, say to yourself, right, I'm going to do this half, I'm going to do this half minute, no notes, or just a couple of bullet points and build and build and build so that you can then be that one you know, who just has a conversation with the camera, with an audience, and it feels natural and in the moment. Apart from anything else, it's a huge amount of work to get your notes up on a screen and make them sound like a human being talking, you know? Because I do know yeah. people actually 
write in ums and erns? <laughs> yeah because they go I, i'm not going there i'm not going there today. i've been doing this for 20 years i'm not i'm not going to do it in my own way i'll i'll read it but i'll read it as for a script where i have written in ums and ums and hesitations i have enough un- ums and ums naturally that i don't need to add them it, into any script yeah so it's it's interesting you mentioned how you know the temptation especially with virtual is you know you and i we're we're here across the ocean from each other um you don't know i could have another screen up right next to me with you know every last thing i'm going to say you don't know but the the reality is you do know it's just reading off a script uh you can you can notice the difference when someone is engaging and will you sometimes fumble a little bit might you say slightly the wrong thing? Might you need to correct yourself? Sure. That's part of the normal process of communication. Nobody is perfect. Nobody says things perfectly all the time. Um, but when you can engage in a way that's more genuine and authentic, where you're not just reading stuff off a script, uh, people probably will give you more benefit of the doubt too, because they recognize, oh, you're you're, you're not reading from a teleprompter here. You are uh, just saying, you know, you're, you're supporting what you're saying, but saying it in a way that's genuine and authentic to you. Um, people appreciate that. So I've seen it so many times where well-meaning individuals, you know, they're so nervous or, you know, they're just not confident in their ability to express themselves clearly. Uh, and so they they make sure that they have copious notes on every last thing that they could possibly say. And guess what? Usually either they're literally reading the entire time uh, but even then, they're probably losing their place, and then they're have to, having to find their place. Um, uh, sometimes, though, they 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 start to get to the point where their script does not fit the situation anymore. It might have at the Absolutely. beginning, but now things have shifted, and they're unable at that point to to pivot at all. I, I, I saw one of these situations just just in the last week, and it was painful. I felt very bad for this person. It was very painful to see them. Um, as things started to diverge, even just a little bit, uh, how unable they were to respond to that. And they kind of set themselves up for it because they had scripted everything else out uh, and, and thereby they, they had taken themselves out of the moment. They, they, they had given themselves an excuse to not engage with the room uh, and, and it ended up causing problems. Yeah. It could be, absolutely, as you say, it can be a disaster and you almost always can tell uh, uh and it's apart from anything else as you say you're not in the virtual world even if you can't see people on the other side it's still a conversation and you still have to adjust to the moment you know somebody in chat sends you something and says actually you know this product you were talking about we're more interested in the other product and you you can't just go well, I'm going to carry on with my script about the product that you're not interested in because uh, that's what I had planned and that's what I thought we were talking about. Okay, right. Thank God you told me that because now I can uh, talk about the thing you're interested in. I mean, you can, but you're going to lose your audience and they're not going to care anymore. <laughs> right. and, and and we've all been there, right? We've all been in those yeah. situations where you're just, you, at that point, you just mentally check out. You either literally leave or you leave the call uh, or you you just start doing something else. You don't pay attention because it's no longer relevant to you. Yeah. Or, or you pretend that something's gone te- technically wrong. As there was a, a YouTube film on how to get out of calls, but, you know, 
freezing, and, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, oh, 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 I'm, I'm glitching out. But um, I, I again, don't recommend it. Yeah. So we, we've already been talking a bit about the, the in-person versus the virtual. We've kind of been blending them together even. Uh, of course, during the last few years during COVID, we really had no choice. Uh, clearly, there were people doing virtual uh, meetings before COVID. You know, I've been using Skype uh, for years. I mean, I, I don't even remember the first time I used Skype. It was probably in the late 2000s. Uh, that was my my video conference tool of choice for a really long time. WebEx was another one. Um, and then now I've kind of shifted during COVID more into Teams and to Zoom. Um, but regardless, you know, people have been using these tools before, but for most people, it didn't become ubiquitous with kind of their daily work life until COVID. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I don't know about you, but I found myself, you know, occasionally I would do a virtual, you know, meeting like this all of a sudden during COVID I'm spending hours every day in virtual meetings. Um, and, and it became painful. Uh, and so many of them were very you know, unaffected. Um, they just kind of went on and on. Everyone and their dog would be invited to every meeting because it was virtual and, you know, no longer had the geographic limitations on who could join or the space, those sorts of things. Um, that became painful in and of itself. But then also just realizing that most people didn't have a skill set related to how to communicate effectively in an online presence. Set aside for a moment all of the technical stuff. Like you were just saying, you can pretend to have the glitchy stuff, but plenty of people. Uh, have experienced real life technical issues. And so, you know, that's a whole different conversation of how to make sure that you've touched, uh, covered all your bases, make sure that you're ready to go for these calls so that you, you're, you're not, you know, coming off wrong to clients or to to people you're talking with. Uh, But, but setting that aside, just talking about assuming everything's working correctly, all the technologies working the way it should be, et cetera. So many people have just really, really struggled to engage in a meaningful way. Uh, you know, maybe it's because now they feel empowered to read their a scripted, you know, presentation or to rely too heavily on, you know, just going through the slide deck or or whatever. Perhaps that's been part of it. Uh, but I, I suspect you have some other ideas on what has led to many people being very, you know, perhaps they were pretty good in, in person, but not being very good virtually. And some of the things that we need to make sure specifically that we're paying attention to in a virtual environment that maybe we, ha- you know, we have to pay even closer attention to than we would if we were in person. You're absolutely right. One of the big, big um, challenges is that people have basically fallen into some really bad habits and caused by all understandable. You know, if you're doing back to back meetings week after week via this or attending lectures or giving sales presentations, etc., you can fall into bad habits and whole organizations do this. So one of them is is. Um, is turning turning the camera off and then disengaging. So one thing I now say to some of my clients when they're presenting is they say, oh, well, you know, this client and this client don't put their cameras on at all. And sometimes you've no idea if anyone is there. Is have a chat with them beforehand and find out what the culture is there. Because the chances are the culture of attending a presentation is you half do it. And we've all done it. And we, it's quite nice, actually, isn't it? Because you go, you you say, okay, 
so-and-so is doing their webinar, their presentation. I'm going to carry on with this. I'm going to check if I'm in the UK, my cricket scores, and etc. Do a bit of online shopping. And if something is interesting, I'll, I'll join in. And unfortunately, that means you're just not, you're not present. You're, you're not there. Uh, but it's quite attractive at the same time. So I think one is, is have that chat with a client beforehand, get an agreement, not in a formal way, about how you can make this work well for them. So do it from their point of view. So if you can have most of the team put their cameras on, we'll make it shorter. We'll give you a really good presentation and uh, the whole thing will be more enjoyable for everyone. And then you've got to follow through on that promise. So is, is be aware of the culture. Second thing is, you, do you actually need to do it via Teams or Zoom? Could you just pick up the phone? Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know about you, but... John, we started, you, we moved, I used to do most of those types of, um, you know, distance kind of communications happen via email or via the phone with the occasional virtual live call like this and then all of a sudden people were like okay everything's going to be a zoom call we're jumping on uh, and you have to be on video and it doesn't make sense like you you didn't do it before is it necessary now uh, sometimes yes sometimes it's very helpful uh, but be thoughtful about the purpose of your meeting is what i'm hearing you say be thoughtful about the purpose of the meeting does it need to be a meeting first and foremost if not you know, and you can just send an email or a video or something and let people watch it. Great. Disseminate some information. Uh, if it can just be a phone call, great. Just do that. And and then reserve the video calls, the video meetings for when it's actually appropriate, when it's actually going to be helpful for collaboration. Yeah. And build, and start to build that culture of really good. We have really good Teams calls. We have good Zoom calls that are worth people's while. So it's the basic things of do, do people need to be there? Does it need to be a meeting? Could it be a memo? As you say, um, I remember, you know, pre-COVID, I'm also a speaker and the speaker calls with agents and clients were always done via uh, teleconference. Always. And it was fine. You know, it was OK. I mean, I know I've written a book called Virtual Presentation Mastery, so I'm really doing my book down here. But it doesn't need to always be. And then you will avoid this killer. And it's a real problem which is Zoom fatigue or Teams fatigue. And there's a number of reasons for that. But essentially, looking at a square, having your camera on so you feel trapped is not good for our long-term well-being. Doing it in, in bursts and spurts is good, is cool, and really works. But if it's something that you go, if you've got back-to-back -back Teams calls, Zoom calls, then there's probably something, there's something that's wrong. And yeah. as human beings, we, you know, the science says that we spend a lot of time overcompensating for the fact that we can't pick up signals, body yeah. language subliminally. So what we do is in Zoom and Teams is we overwork, mm. overcompensate. So I'm, because I can see my face, often I turn my face off, by the way, puts you self Hide self-view people. 
Yeah, once you go, okay, I know this works. The camera's clearly working. Turn yourself off. You don't go, you know, when you're meeting a friend for a coffee, you don't stand there with a mirror. <laughs> Just next to them and then go, oh, God, I can't believe it. I've aged so much, you know. Where's my filter? Because, by the way, in Zoom, you can put a filter on, which... Uh, de-ages you but if you put it on too much you end up getting rid of your nose like Voldemort. <laughs> so, so don't do that but um yeah it, zoom fatigue is a real thing uh take it seriously better you have real quality calls that mean something that have value where people participate where they move around a bit and they look forward to yeah. rather than it be this Oh no, another one. Let's see how I can avoid it by turning off the camera, doing my ironing, and listening yep. in. Yep. Yeah. Well said, Jack. Uh, this has been a fun conversation. You've given me a lot to think about. I know there's a lot more that can be said, but thankfully you have a book that people can check out to find out more um, of the tips. Uh, I know at the time I need to let you go here in just a minute, but before we wrap things up for today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, where they can find your book, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Yeah, sure. So uh, they can find me at, obviously via LinkedIn. So please reach out that way or at standupanddeliver.co.uk so that's standupanddeliver.co.uk and you can check out my site and find out i've got uh, a free online academy so you can go in there and get some tips and tricks and free videos there or um you can get my book uh it's on amazon so at the moment you can you can get it in the US, you can get it in Europe, and you can get it in the UK hard copies. But also, of course, you can get it on Kindle. And I think we're on Kindle Unlimited, which is Very one of those cool. things. I think you get about 0.001 pence <laughs> on Unlimited. But it's there. It's free. Yeah. So yeah. If, you're, if you've got that uh, on your Kindle. Wonderful. And three tips. Three tips. Three tips. One is, number one is give value. Value is what people want. Okay. Number one is value. Second thing is active participation. Mm. In the first five minutes, get them actively participating, involved in it. It could be something as simple as the beginning of your presentation. Write down three things in chat you want to get from my presentation. They write those things down. They put them through on chat. You've got some fantastic data they are participating third thing is uh do it with energy yeah you have to put in as much energy as you would to a face-to-face if not more so imagine you're across a coffee table having a conversation with a friend and you want them to want to get them to do something you're not going to do that by saying here's here's my slide deck on the the uh the pub or the bar I'd like to go to tonight. These some data on how it works. And uh, here's some photographs of my last uh, night out. <laughs> yeah, you're going to, you could put a, put a bit of energy into trying to make it sound like something fun that they want to do. Yeah. Share that fun, share that passion. Yeah. Great tips, Jack. This has been a lot of fun. I encourage the audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Jack can do for you. Check out the book. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe. 
that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.